Hey everybody, welcome back to Rock and Roll with a Podcast. I am Lacey and I'm here with my friend Sophia. Hi. And today, hey, and today we are going to be talking about, um, we should talk about our birth stories. So that's what we're going to do today. But before we jump into it, how are you, Sophia? Um, I'm okay. <laughs> Hurricane Dorian came, which means that he took my husband with him. But I'm really lucky this time because it was nothing like Florence for where we were. Florence sat on us and dumped rain for no exaggeration, six days before I could Ugh. leave the house. And I remember like leaning up against the counter in the kitchen and feeling it lift and just oh. being like, oh my God, we're going to get Wizard of Oz for was sure. It like, was it like just from the pressure, like the air pressure or like? It was the wind. The gusts the wind, were yeah. so bad that it was like rearranging things, you know? Oh, and man. luckily, and we didn't even lose power with Florence. So that was good. But we didn't lose oh, power yeah. with Dorian either. Dorian didn't even wake me up. So oh. I was glad about that. Um, yeah. It shredded the coast, but we're far enough in that it was okay. I just cannot wait for this to be over. But there are some good news. <clears throat> there are some good things that happened this week. Um, I remember how I texted you that Gabe was at the dinner table and he just kept saying fucker over and over again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he means he's trying to say finger. So parenting yeah. win. Um, uh, yay. It's not because we're the worst. Small victories. Um, this, honestly, though, because I say stuff, but that's not one that I say. Nico did pick up on one that I said this week when she told her brother to eat shit. So that that <laughs> one's on me. I wish that I really am trying my best. I wish that I was better about it, but I'm I'm just not. Like I'm mm. I'm just not. But oh, I wanted to tell you something. Oh, what? Girl mom to girl mom. So oh. does Presley watch the show? It might be too young for her. The show Spirit on Netflix. Yeah, she never it. She never really got into it. So uh, I don't really know. That's the one with the horse, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, both of she's my kids never gotten into it. Both of my kids are obsessed. Gabe can't say horse. He just says whore. So I don't like it because he goes, I uh -huh. like a whore. And I'm like, please, uh -huh. just yes, you stop. do. <laughs> just stop. <laughs> but they have this song. A series of songs and they have one called unstoppable and they talk about how um they're unstoppable they're going to um like light up the night they're gonna be really loud they're gonna take up space and be proud and like confident and nico sings the song and like puts her arms up and gets excited and she was like mom i'm unstoppable and nick and i are staring Aww. at her and our eyes are welling up and i'm like I don't know what to do. This is so emotionally complex. And yes, you're unstoppable. Why am I crying? <laughs> but it's really good. So if you ever get a moment to like check that song, it might make you as a girl mom be like really emotional because it for sure did for me. So if any of you guys out there have little ones, little girls, it was very girl power in the absolute right way. Because I think girl power is a bummer if you're like, if your way of having girl power is shitting on men, I'm not down. But yeah. it's like, this was really awesome. <laughs> and she was like, to see to her be good. It was so sweet. It was mm. a really, really good one. And maybe if it's just because like 
her curls and her arms were shaking and she was wearing what we call hoochie shoes, which are those like princess shoes. And she was wearing yeah. like little <laughs> underwear and she was like, I'm unstoppable. And I was like, yes, queen, go. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my week, even though it was like super highs and super lows because the kids were sick. And I don't know what it is about the hurricanes. It brings out the congestion in everybody. You know, I don't know if it's yeah. the pressure. I'm, I'm not a scientist. I don't know these things, but it crushes us every time. So we're just stuck indoors and trying to get over it. But I mean, there were bright spots, cute moments. Gabe called me cute. I really loved it. He's like, mommy cute. And I was like, oh my God. He's so sweet. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he really is sweet, but he is also the worst. So there's (laughs) that. So what are you doing? How'd everything go on your end? Uh, It's kind of nice. We had... um, kind of an uneventful week like up until the weekend that is like the school week was nice and scheduled and routined and everybody was in bed and doing their thing and no problems nice and then Saturday uh we had hockey lessons and then we went to Home Depot and did the uh what is it like the build and grow workshop thing that they do we always do that involved in that for sure Yeah, the kids love it, and it's free, so it's kind of a no-brainer when you live Mm -hmm. in a turd place that has not a lot to do for kids. We take advantage of those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, And then I took Presley to get her hair cut, and that is is where our saga begins because it was – oh, she is such a good spirit. She's like, I love it. I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that you love it because it is literally (laughs) the worst – freaking haircut I have ever Ugh. seen in my entire life. It is easily two or three inches shorter on the other side. It's supposed to be a bob, which I understand bobs can be difficult, but like you are a trained professional well, that it's went like, to cosmetology school. Like a lob where it's like the a long lob. bob or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Hers is backwards. It's opposite. So it's like <sighs> really short in front and then it gets longer in the back. But as it's what? like- Yes, and as it gets short up front, one side is like three inches shorter than the other. And I realized they did a little bit of an undercut. And it's just like, the more I look at it, the more I see things that are wrong with it. And I asked her, I was like, I know you don't you don't mind it, but we can go get it fixed where it's all like one length and stuff. And she was like, I really don't want to because I don't want it to get any shorter than it is, which I can respect because... If they were to try and even it out, they would have to cut it to that three inches that's shorter yeah. on the other side. So that would be, I mean, it would take it to like her earlobes. Oh her, my God. Yeah. When her hair was like about to her armpit. So she cut a lot of hair off and she's a good trooper, but I'm just like so frustrated. I'm like, I paid like $35 for this haircut. And it's like, I took you to, I didn't take her to the hair cutting place in Sam's or good cuts or super cuts or any of that. Like I found a salon that had really good reviews and ratings and a lot of likes. I did my research unimpressed. We will not be going back there ever again. So that was kind yeah, that was kind of a bummer for me, but she likes it. And that's all I keep telling myself. This is like, if I'm, I'm trying to picture this, is it like, because I saw, because you did send me a picture, but I couldn't tell yeah. the length in the back. So this is like a. It's a mess. Like like an A-line bob met a mullet in length. Sort of. Like yeah. where it's shorter in the front and uh-huh. longer in the. 
Mm-hmm. That shit's like heinous. A, it's like an asymmetrical inverted bob. It's like backwards and asymmetrical. So it like it's like a spiral this is staircase. Just straight up bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's like a spiral staircase. Like you start on the bottom and as you go around you get shorter. So that's like that's like how her hair is. I don't want to laugh. And then, this. This makes but then me the so back upset. the back is so much longer. Like it is you can't make this stuff up. It's awful. I'm like, how are you a cosmetologist? Like, how? I could have done a better job. It's, yeah. But, like I said, I keep telling myself, all that matters is she truly is happy with it. And I'm trying so hard she to She really like, is, like, such an nitpick. optimistic, sweet soul about things. I know. Things. She is. I'm trying really hard not to say anything or nitpick about it because <sighs> she truly does feel good about it. And I, am, I don't want to be the one that brings her down. But, like... No. Good grief. It's so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. It, it's easily the worst haircut she's it, ever had. If well, she's feeling herself, then you got to just yeah. let it go. Yeah. That's that's where we're at. So that's kind of, that was our weekend. We had a, a nice boring weekend. Oh, man, weekend. but you had like peak week and then now. Oh, well. Yeah. She's still cute. So I don't, she's you know, cutest. and it's, it's just hair and it'll grow back. But like if yeah. that was my haircut. <laughs> I would jump off a bridge. Okay. Traumatized. <laughs> I would be Listen, ruined for Listen, I'm happy for, for you and you're beautiful, but I swear to God, if I were you, I would end I it. Would, yeah. <laughs> Just jump. As your mother, I want you to know that this is how I feel. Yeah. I would not be okay with that. I'm trying to not let the OCD and the ego of myself get in the way of her, so... This is so It's a true challenge. This conversation yeah. was freaking worse. Yeah, it's it's and then Gibson wanted me to help him learn how to tie his <sighs> shoe and I was working with him and he was getting really excited because he was getting it. And I just I looked at him and I was like, I am so sorry. I have never thought to teach you to tie your shoe until now. He's Are six you- years old. I'm like, what a terrible parent. Like I felt really bad. And he <sighs> looked at me and he goes that's okay, mom, and gave me the biggest hug ever and then started clapping his hands and went back to trying to tie his shoe. And I was like, oh, this is like, this is a moment. This was so genuine and sweet. And like, I was vulnerable to my kid. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I kind of failed you as a parent. And it was just like, oh, you're not a total shithead all the time. Yeah, in, like there's there's some softness in there. Yeah, which I'm sure that's that's my fault. But he's just it's a boy thing, I think. Like there's sour patch kids. They're sour and then they're sweet. And then oh they're sour, yeah, like and then sweet. like Gabe when he said that I was cute, but then he also headbutted me so hard a few weeks ago that he broke my a bone in my ear. Uh, yeah, like ah, uh, uh, that makes me cringe. He headbutted me. Because he's the worst. Any of you guys out there have little kids that headbutt you? Because both of mine did. And it's my least favorite phase. Because Mm. I'm positive. Like when he hit me, he hit me like three times in two days. And he got me to the point where like it erased my brain. Like it went black. I saw stars. I could not like reorient myself. And then when he did it the last time, I called Nick. um, I was like, you cannot be late today. Like you can, I I know that you may have stuff to do, but it's absolutely not okay because I I can't even get downstairs. Like I'm afraid mm. to walk down the stairs. And he was like, "What?" And I had been like dizzy and uncomfortable. And yeah, I mean, they do this shit though, where they're like, "I love you," and those 
moments are are hard. Kelsey told me something about parenting that's so true, where she was like, listen, 80% of the time, it's worse than you could ever possibly imagine. Like you think about a worst case scenario, and then you set that scenario on fire. Because you you can't believe that it could have gone there. And then you're just like, oh, I guess we went there. I guess there's a whole echelon of shit that I didn't know existed. And she's like, but the 20% is better than anything you could possibly comprehend. That's so And you do it for 20%. And I was like, she's right, though. And the 20% is delicious and life-changing. Yeah, it's that that much better that, like, the 80% suddenly doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, that Gabe broke me. But he's like, Mom, you're cute. And I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) You're okay. Thank you so much. I forgive. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So before we jump into this podcast, we have um, a shout out that we need to give, and that is to Miss Mich- Mrs. Michelle Rose. I always get that so confused, and I shouldn't because that's so silly. But Mrs. Michelle Rose, um, she sent me a message saying how um, when she was dating this guy who was in the Air Force, she was on base with him eating lunch, and retreat started playing and he stood up and started saluting and she like had no idea what was going on and she thought he was like messing with her so like while yeah while it was playing and doing its thing she was like in his face like trying to get him to laugh and like break and he was so mad at her because he couldn't tell her what was going on she's like what's going on what's going on and he wouldn't tell her so she like started messing with him and he was like you just humiliated me like I cannot believe it and she was like you're humiliated like I had no idea what the crap was going on he couldn't have given her like eyeballs I know something or like wave a hand or like I mean you know what about a noise like a pst yeah something I mean I've seen that yeah yeah I feel like he should have probably uh helped her a little bit but uh yeah she said it was really like a, jar, a jarring experience for her because, like, I guess her grandpa was somehow affiliated with the military and she had been on bases and posts and stuff like that before, uh-huh. but never around that time frame to experience something like that. So she said it was just like like getting hit with a brick. Like she had no idea what was happening and no one explained it to her and no one could explain it to her until mm-hmm. it was at, until it was done, you know. So. And everyone treated her like a communist. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, that's that's rough. That's rough. Yeah. I'm I'm yeah. I'm sweating now. I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> no, right? yes. oh, I'm so upset. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully she's with somebody now who's a little bit more gracious and communicative in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She is. She is. <laughs> Good for her. And thank you for like Telling us about your cringeworthy moment because we've all done stuff where we're like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I did something yeah. at one of my brother's graduations for military graduation a few months back. Not anything like, yeah, like just recently, like when Gabe was fresh and Nick was deployed there, I didn't see his uniform properly and he offered to help me and they I didn't know that I had been guided back into like the super secret area. And he was the general for the entire community. Oh, And I went back and I told, and my brother had said specifically before it started, he was like to my family with his like pointer finger, don't you guys embarrass me. And I was like, whatever, kick rocks, move on with your life. I'm fine. 
And then I just asked, I asked one private for some ice. And then I got like tunneled back behind to find ice for Gabe's medication because I needed to give him medication Mm -hmm. while we were out. And then I get brought back to all these people and I couldn't tell their uniform because they were all kind of like moving really quickly and I couldn't see what was going on. And um, I told my parent, my mom and um, my aunt, my Nana, when we like sat down and I told my brother's girlfriend who is now, uh, was his then girlfriend who is now his wife. And um, I'm like, oh yeah, I talked to this guy and I'm trying to explain it. And then this man like approaches everyone as like the master of ceremonies and he is like the general of generals for this job and I was like oh it was him (laughs) and my mom was like no your brother's gonna kill you and I was like yeah well it's pretty par for the course for me so this is who I am as a person you knew this when uh you met me so deal with it yeah sorry for who I am (laughs) deal with it so we've all got cringy moments everybody I literally just did it and the only distraction that I had was my baby (laughs) to be like look at him he's so cute I'm a deployed spouse I'm an idiot and very tired (laughs) yeah but they didn't make me feel bad at all they didn't make me feel bad at all he was so sweet and wonderful he was like I can I can uh power something with my jeep but i gotta leave early and i was like oh no sir please and he i was like oh no (laughs) yikes it's a good thing to know though that there's good freaking leadership in that job yeah yeah right to look out for someone's deployed spouse like that to use your jeep when you're like top notch that's awesome Mm -hmm. all right so next let's go into oh my god that's so mean yes i picked out a meme and it is from Austin Powers, and it's Dr. Evil, and I'm sure everybody's familiar when he does, like, the quotation marks. Uh-huh. And it says, you're in labor, your baby is coming soon. <laughs> and for me and Presley and her birth story, that is so relatable, and we'll dive into that in a little bit. But, yeah, it just, like, when I saw that, I was like, yep, that's got to be it, because I'm sure I am not the only mother to have ever heard something along those lines from uh, their caretaker. Yeah. It's just yeah. a lie. Yeah. The word much. soon is a lie. <laughs> yeah, it is. Or or you're in labor. Like Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> also a lie. Yeah, also could be a lie. Oh, that's awful. That's awful, yeah. dude. Yeah. Well, we had mentioned or Lacey had mentioned rather that we're gonna talk about um birth stories. So I'm gonna preface this with the fact that I know that a lot of you may or may not know us very well, but we're going to tell it all. So if you're squeamish, if you got problems, you want to pretend that the babies come from the stork, that's cool. But like, that's not going to happen <laughs> go some- here. <laughs> yeah, go, go, go somewhere else. <laughs> and I think that it's incredibly important that we're going to do this because this is a very vulnerable thing to do anyway and we had already discussed how vulnerability is an issue for us but it's incredibly important for women to talk to other women about this because I think that one of the motherhood is the hardest thing I've ever done and I can never possibly imagine to do bar none however the more we like shroud it in secrecy, I think it makes everything a lot harder because you you're, yeah. you wind up getting like thrust into this club for where you don't really feel like a member or you deserve to be there or you feel like you're having it harder than other people. And it's like, let's just 
tell each other and then we won't have to, you know, act like it's okay because sometimes it's not okay. And so Lacey is going to be telling us all about it today. I have some questions that I'm going to ask her that she doesn't know about um, for each birth. And then um, then she's just going to tell us how it went. So dive in. Yeah, Yeah. let's jump in. Okay. Okay. Did you always know that you wanted to be a mom? I did. Yes. I I don't ever remember a time where I didn't like even as a kid, I was like, I want to be a mom. I want to be a mom. Really? Um, Yeah. So I I always knew I wanted to be a mom. Oh, that's awesome. Did you how many kids did you want? Two or three. I never yeah. wanted a big family. When Corey and I first started dating, he was like, I want five kids. And I was like, eh, <laughs> I don't know. See, for me, I always, whenever people say, like, I want 12 kids and they haven't had one yet, it's like, you could probably wait and see how it goes before <laughs> yeah. you decide how many you want. And that was kind of my stance. Like, I definitely want one, definitely two. We'll see how it goes from there. And mm-hmm. two was plenty. <laughs> we are done. <laughs> no more babies. <laughs> Well, how old were you when you got pregnant with Presley? I was, I had just turned 24. Okay. When I, yeah. And how long were you guys married before you got pregnant? About a year. Dude, that's so fresh. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, but we knew, like, because he had lost his job and he went into the, well, it was about two years actually. Uh huh. But that's still really, that's still really fresh. Yeah. Um, but he joined the military and all that. And like we knew we were going to be moving away from our family. And we were like, mm-hmm. let's, let's start our own. I mean, we always talked about having kids and we knew we wanted to do it. So, yeah. uh, we didn't waste any time. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm just thinking about because you and I have been, I was just going to say you and I have been married, but which sounds like we're, we're I mean, married. Kind of. <laughs> um, we've been married for the exact same amount of time. And right. the um, amount of time that you have spent as a wife and mother is so different from mine. So I'm always like, weird, oh my goodness, huh? like you guys are so far, your proportions are different. Yeah. Um, so, oh, where's my other question? Oh, how long did it take you to get pregnant with Presley? Um, I want to say it took about six months or so, which is not very long. And I remember being so frustrated because I was like, I want to be pregnant now. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, like six months is totally normal and natural. But in that moment, I was feeling a little frustrated. Yeah. And part of it was being young and not really knowing like I was really stressed out and I just wasn't having periods but Uh we were still trying so it's like you can't usually get pregnant without ovulating which ovulation and then you have your period Mm -hmm. to get rid of the unfertilized egg you know science for you guys (laughs) um so I was just like, part of it was like, I wasn't ovulating and all that. And so when it finally did happen, I remember getting my period and I was like, it's go time. And that's when we ended up getting pregnant. So. Oh, that's awesome. So you guys really didn't yeah. have any like incredible difficulty. It was no. pretty standard. Okay. It, yeah. It was pretty straightforward. Yeah. How was your pregnancy? So with Presley, it was pretty um, it's pretty 
easy. I mean, for the first trimester, I was pretty nauseous, mm-hmm. but I never threw up. Like, oh. I was just constantly <laughs> nauseous. Yeah, so I got off pretty lucky with her in that sense because once I hit my second trimester, I was like, oh, do-do-do, this is great. I have no problems. And then the third trimester, I was just like, you know, everybody gets there. They're fat mm. and miserable. But, like, no medical problems, no gestational diabetes, no preeclampsia, yeah. none of that. So I was really um, fortunate in that that's sense. That's cool. Well, that's yeah. good. That does make me happy to hear. So yeah. – and you had oh wait hold on what was I'm gonna rearrange this sorry I have okay, it written okay, down yeah, but no, I've got like sub notes what was your favorite part of being pregnant my favorite part of being pregnant was absolutely when you start feeling the move inside of you mm, it's so I precious. I will never not miss that feeling so I liked <sighs> the connectivity of it all the the closeness, the, uh, I, I, yeah, I just, I loved it. Every bit of it. Those little alien feet moves kicking out of your belly. I loved it. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Oh man. It's so good. So you had Presley on post. Yeah. On at DGMC, uh, on yes, Travis. Yeah. I, yep. I had both of the kids at Travis actually. Okay. So, oh the, yeah, yeah, I know you had Gibson, uh, there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause you were, it's your first base. I'm tracking now. Yep. Um, yep. What did you think of your medical care? Uh, like during your pregnancy. So during my pregnancy, it was, eh, it was subpar. <laughs> it was me. It was mediocre. I remember with Presley, they do that blood work at a certain point in the pregnancy to make sure that there are no like anomalies mm-hmm. or anything like that or. Yeah birth defects or whatever and sometimes those birth defects can be so severe that a mother would maybe choose to terminate the pregnancy for the benefit mm-hmm. of her and the baby uh they lost my blood work so that was <laughs> that was really yeah that was really cool for a first time mom and by the time that we had found out that they had lost the blood work and all that it was too late for me to do it again to consider those options i guess i don't know so that was really frustrating and, yeah, I mean, it's a training hospital, so it's like, eh, you get some good ones and you get some bad ones. And so sometimes it was just hit or miss. Like, I'd have a really good appointment, and then I'd have a really bad appointment. But with Gibson, um, I had – I don't know if you ha- were familiar with her, Major Ivy. She I heard people w- rave about her. Yes, she was the bomb. And I had her with Gibson, so, like, it was a lot smoother. That's good. That's really yeah. good. And yeah. so I have one more question for press. Two more questions, but one about okay. her pregnancy. Did you carry her to Oh, term? is she pregnant? No, no. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> oh. So sorry. Just the way you said that. I was like, oh, shoot, she's pregnant. Like the way that I said that we were married. Yay, English. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Commas are important, guys. I'm sorry. What um, was the question? Oh, did you carry her to term? Uh, I did not. I had her at 38 weeks. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And this is the fun question because you know I care about this so much. How did you decide how to name her? So I always knew that I wanted musically influenced names. Mm-hmm. 
And I also am weird in the fact that, like, I like surnames for first names. I like last names as first names. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me why. I just do. And so that's kind of how we came up with Presley. I don't know. I was just laying in bed one night and Jersey was tossed around for a minute. And I was like, eh, I don't know. It's not. No, no. And mm-hmm. then, like, it just, like, sparked Presley and then... Yeah, Jersey was like a two-second thought, and then Presley came into play, and it just never left. And so that's kind of how we ended up with Presley. And what her full name? Presley McKenna Lavallee. And McKenna, I don't really remember. I think I let Corey pick the middle names. And I think, <laughs> you think you let Corey? Yeah, I, yeah, I let Corey pick the middle names. And I think McKenna was one that he really liked, and and it stuck, so... Oh, that's good. I love hearing yeah. everybody's names. So if you have your babies have a really sweet story, send it to us on Instagram because that's really all I care about is why Aww. you name your kids what you name your yes. kids. Because I ask everyone. I'm like, what's your baby's name? Why did you name your baby that way? Yeah. Uh, it's just – it's like the, it's so special. I love it. Okay. So yeah. now tell me about Presley's birth story. Dive right in. Okay, so I went to my 38-week checkup, Mm -hmm. and at that time, she was like, I'm going to check you and see if you've made any progression. And I was like, okay. And she's checking me, and she's like, oh, my gosh, you're like four centimeters. You're you're in labor. You need to check into the hospital, like, now. Girl. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, this is labor? Like, I felt... Nothing. I wasn't, I mean, I was having like what I thought were Braxton Hicks, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't having like any hard press contractions. I didn't feel like I, I was not in labor. Like I should have listened. No, I should have listened to my body and not my doctor. But I was kind of ignorant in the sense when I was pregnant with Presley and, and going through the motions because we didn't go to any birthing classes. I didn't read any books. I was like, women have been. No, I was like, women have been reading, or not (laughs) women have been reading, women have been having babies for years out in fields. Like, I'm sure I can figure it out. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I went in blind, which was so stupid. So she tells me I'm in labor. I'm four centimeters dilated. I need to get checked in. So Corey and I go home, we get our stuff, we eat lunch, and we come back in and they're checking me and they're like, well, you're not really, we're not seeing any progress or, um, you know, not any mm-hmm. consistent contractions or anything. So we're going to put you on Pitocin. <gasps> Why? Well, yeah, because I wasn't consistently contracting, I guess. Oh, my And gosh. looking back at it, it's like I wasn't consistently contracting because I wasn't in labor. Yeah. So what? I was four centimeters dilated. She wasn't, wasn't going to fall out. Yet. Yeah, she wasn't going to fall out, and I wasn't in labor. But I didn't know any better, so I was like, okay. So they put me on Pitocin, and I went from being like, ah, oh, this is bad, you know, this isn't bad, I feel fine, to thinking I was going to die. Mm. Like, I, the pressure was so bad. Like, I got up, and I crapped so many times, which I am so thankful for, because I didn't poop on myself. You know, every woman has that fear, because you your 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 birth canal and your poopy port are like two inches apart from each other. You know what I mean. So when you're when you're pushing, all bets are off on what's coming out. So I was really glad 
for that. I didn't poop on myself because oh I my got God. it all out. I just started breathing after you said <laughs> crap. <coughs> I got it all out. So that was kind of the only perk to Pitocin. But I soon realized <coughs> I could not handle the Pitocin. And I remember begging them to turn it down. Like, please turn it down. Please turn it down. I started asking for an epidural. They come in. They start trying to give me my epidural. And for whatever reason, the epidural did not work on me. And I did some research, and apparently 5 to 8% of women don't have epidurals that, like, work. Like, they are in, like they're immune to it. Like, it just doesn't. Like, epidurals in general? Like, the anesthesia involved with it, like, women yeah. will get epidurals, and sometimes they'll it'll only work on half their body or whatever, but 5 to 8%, it doesn't work I fully believe that. Well, you know I'm allergic yeah. to all pain meds, so I fully, yeah, yeah that, I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and I'm one of those lucky people that fall into that percentage. Um, so, after they poked me probably four or five times in the back... They realize that they'll try a spinal block instead or a (gasps) spinal tap. Yeah. And so they do that, and it's working all right, but then they come in to check me, and they lay me down. And because they laid me down, that medicine started moving up my spine. And I I couldn't feel myself breathe. I was, like, numb from, like, the ears down. And... It was so scary. I'm having a panic attack for you right now. It was, yeah, it was so scary. I was like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And they put me on oxygen and they sat me back up. And it was just a mess. Like pretty much the majority of my labor and delivery was me begging to be put off Pitocin and me fighting for pain relief that would never come ever. So then I'm finally dilated uh, to 10 centimeters, and I start pushing, and it took me about an hour to push her out because first-time mom stuff didn't, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, yeah, I pushed it's her out. It's not as simple and... as people think, that you connect no. those muscles together, especially once they're blown out after pregnancy. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I finally push her out, and I have her, and she's perfect, and she's healthy, and there's no problems. But I remember, like, in the middle of it, like, I was so hot from pushing that I took my gown off. I didn't have a top on. I obviously didn't have underwear on because I'm trying to push a kid out of my vagina. (laughs) So I'm, like, naked as the day I was born trying to have this baby. And I remember someone kept taking the blanket and, like, trying to cover my chest. And I kept throwing it off. It's like, (laughs) dude, I am shitting a kid out of my vagina in front of everyone right now. You think I care if anyone sees my titties? Because I don't. First of all, that's not even the part where you're that nervous about. Like, you're seeing everything. You're seeing me morph and multiply. If you have a problem with my boobs and you're in the delivery room, you need to grow up. Yes. And I remember, too, because it was a training hospital. They're like, do you mind if we have some people come in? And I was like, whatever. you can traumatize them? I don't even care. Like, I was so far gone into, like, the birthy universe world oh, yeah. where you just, like, check out that I, like, didn't even care. Through your animal and so, brain. Yeah, yeah. And so I gave birth naked, and I remember them trying to cover me up, and I was so frustrated. And I also, in my naive, ignorant self, I mm. never read, like, a breastfeeding book or anything. And so really? they hand me press. Yeah, they hand me Presley, and I'm like, well, mouth to tit, here we go. And she took right away. 
Like, breastfeeding was so easy with her. Well, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say easy. It, you have, there's a learning curve. You have to develop yeah. those those tough nipples and all that. But as far as, like, her latch and but stuff, it, went it was. smoothly. Yeah, it went smoothly. Yeah. And I remember getting up and going to the bathroom after I had her. And they, because I did have the epidural, I guess I had to, like, pee so many ounces yeah, before yeah, yeah. they would move me, you know? And I remember sitting down, and I'm holding the cup, and I'm looking down at my freaking what used to be my vagina. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is damn near touching my knees. And I look up at the nurse, and she goes, it goes back, honey. And I was like, are you sure? Because it's like they're touching the toilet bowl water right now. (laughs) Like, this is not not good. I can't. No, it's true, though. I'm laughing because we've all been there. Like, yes. to some degree where you're like, this yeah. isn't right. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is not, this is not going to work. And then. This is not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> they take me and they're like, okay, it's time to transfer you to mother baby room. Mm-hmm. Do you want to walk? And I was like, yeah, I want to walk. I don't want to be wheeled around in a wheelchair. Like, yeah. let me walk. And I remember making that walk and it was the most difficult thing <laughs> I have ever done. Because I got these two giant hams <laughs> what used to be my vagina between my legs and I'm trying to walk and it's so hard and not oh by the way they have you in that big bulky mesh underwear okay don't you shit on that underwear I stole those to come home with and no, I know it's it was great the worst. <laughs> it's great for it it serves its purpose for sure but it was just like Ugh. all this bulkiness of a vagina and thick underwear and Ugh. all that. And anyway, they give you that. I don't know if they do it at all the hospitals, but they did it at David Grant. They would give you. So I shared diapers with Presley. And they would rip. They would rip open the diaper and shove ice in it. And it's the most genius thing ever because as the ice melts, it absorbs into the diaper. So you're uh. not sitting in like a big icy pool of after birth and (laughs) melted ice like they didn't have the pads when you were there no oh i'm gonna tell you something okay they have pads was i was i conned first of all you gave birth (laughs) in the dark ages so um i only had nico very shortly (laughs) but there's a lot that changed in birthing technology so there's the these pads right uh-huh. And they're like the thick ones you want that are like, you know, the size of a boat. And you twist them like you would a cold pack. And there's actual uh-huh. cold pack in there. <gasps> so it sticks in like like you put it in. Oh, here's a pro tip, everybody. When you have a baby, don't pull the the sticky part off of the pad so it sticks to your underwear. A nurse told me this when I after I had Nico and it was genius. Just stick it in there because it will stick to you when it needs to, but it won't be rubbing against you to cause infection. So just put it in oh. there. But it was thick and it was like a pad, and a super pad and an ice pack all in one. I they, Those assholes made me share my diaper <laughs> with my daughter. Oh, my gosh. Well, to be fair, worked. I don't it know if amazing. those assholes had the, the you know what I mean? Like, the resources. N- you know that some mom was like, listen, there's got to be a better way. Yeah, And then probably. she blessed us all. Yeah, because diapers, I mean, it worked. It, it was sitting on that cold thing. Oh, my gosh. It was yeah. the best. <laughs> yeah, the best. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So how long were you in labor? 
Oh my gosh, how long was I in labor? It's hard to say because my appointment was like first thing in the morning. Uh huh. And I didn't have Presley until like almost midnight. It was like ten forty five or eleven forty five, something like that. Okay. Um, but because I had that like false start yeah, where they yeah. or not false start, but you you know, they pushed me into it, it's hard to say. But if we count from the time I went to the doctor until I had her it was about a full 12 hours okay see and for people that don't really know I don't know if you had um and we're about to find out if you had regular contractions with Gibson as well or unmedicated but Pitocin is genuinely the worst riding pit is on that's what my mom calls it she was like no you ride the pit it's horrible (laughs) and it's it's unforgivable bad it's just, it takes something that's so natural that you can roll with, in my opinion, that I, that I did roll with, with my kids for literally days on end. And then when they put you on Pitocin like that, you're just like climbing the walls. It's yeah, so, it, you want to get away from your body. It's so bad. It's so, yeah, it oh is my God, I awful. feel you. That just broke yeah. my heart. Oh, well. Yeah. Presley's beautiful now, and I mean, she's got some, she's having a raw ass time with her hair, but she's going to be fine. (laughs) (laughs) She'll be fine. She'll grow out of it. Yeah, it's totally cool. Well, now let's go through these questions with Gibson. So, well, also, how far apart are the kids in age? Um, They are almost three years. So, let's see, July, August, September. So, yeah, they're like two years and 10 months. Okay. And yeah. how old were you when you got pregnant with Gibson? I was 27, I believe, because I was almost 28 when I had him. So okay. I had him in July, and my birthday is in December, so. Okay. Yeah. Now, with Gibson, how long did it take you to get pregnant? Uh, It was very fast. <laughs> I was like fertile myrtle up in here. Corey had come home from deployment, and I was somewhere around – after Presley's second birthday, we were like, let's try and have a kid. And then I like thought about it and then my boobs were sore. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) It happened so fast. (laughs) Okay. So there was no, that follow-up question handled. There was no (laughs) difficulty in that. So how was your pregnancy with Gibson? It was amazing. Like I feel so shitty saying this because I know a lot of women have really hard experiences can't relate Gibson yeah with Gibson (laughs) I I would have never I didn't have morning sickness I didn't have I didn't have any of it I was like holy crap I'm pregnant but let's be honest he did fuck you up when he torpedoed you because you are so small you are okay so people that don't know Lacey she's like 75 pounds that's an exaggeration but she's like very 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 Uh, tiny yeah I'm very short I'm 5'2 and like 105 pounds. Yeah, like girls tiny and Gibson. <laughs> she would come to play dates and we're like, are you okay? Because he went fully out. And yeah. when he did torpedo you, your center of gravity was off. And then you were chasing after Presley. We're like, please don't. We don't know that you're not going to yeah. weeble wobble down this tiny yeah. hill. <laughs> like, please we'll stop. Have- 
We'll have to find. I'll have to find some of these pictures of me pregnant with the kids, and we can post them. Oh uh, yeah, to our Instagram. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, but I do remember there's a moment where you came to a, the splash pad, and we're like, "How are you doing?" And you're like, "Well, I'm still pregnant." And then you had sat down, and Presley took off, and you're like, "I literally, I, I can't get." Up. I can't. <laughs> we went and Jeez. got her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So your pregnancy, though, was uneventful with Gibson. So was he, were both of your kids like super active or was one more active than the other? No, I would say they were both about the same. You know, they would polar opposite schedule. Like as you're going to sleep, they're waking up as Mm -hmm. you're, because, you know, throughout the day, you basically are like, you're moving around and you're rocking them Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, so they sleep when you're up and then you go to lay down and you stop moving and they're like, what's up let's, yeah, play. Yeah. let's party <laughs> so yeah just as active no I had no pregnancy problems no any of that and I had I delivered him at 37 weeks and six days so he was almost a 38 week baby just okay. like Presley okay yeah. and were both of them would you say that they were both super active kids average like no because I know that some like both of mine were wild but then my sister-in-law she had one kind of wild kid and one very dormant child that was just like very chill were I would say both of you were both of them like super busy I would say yeah I would say eh, they were like mediocre they weren't too busy and they weren't just like duh yeah <laughs> you know yeah. <laughs> like yeah you know they were yeah. average yeah you knew that they were there yeah. but they weren't driving you nuts Right, yeah, exactly. It had no, like, kicking me in my vajayjay or, you know, because I had friends yeah. that were, like, they would get kicked and it felt like lightning or whatever. Like, I never had Oh, yes, any that's that. a real thing, everybody. And it's lightning so, crotch. Yeah, I was going to say, it's so indelicately named that it's actually <laughs> medically called lightning crotch, so. Is it really? Yeah, like lightning vagina or something like that, yeah. Oh, but it's li- like I actual. Yeah, it's it's real dumb. Um. So, okay, well, that's good. So now that we've done all of that with Gibson, tell me about Gibson's birth story. Okay, so because I was... Oh, wait, hold on. I need you to go back. Tell me why you named Gibson Gibson. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I named Gibson because, again, we wanted to stay in line with, like, the musical kind of feel and vibe within our family. And Mm -hmm. so Gibson is named after Gibson Guitars. Mm. And his middle name is... Miles, which Corey picked out. So, um, yeah. Again, his role. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Gibson Miles LaValley mm, is his name. It's so yep. sweet. Okay. Yep. Now, Gibson's story. Okay, here we go. So, with Presley, I went in completely blind and ignorant, and I realized after the fact that that was. <laughs> ignorant and it was so <laughs> stupid and so with Gibson I went the polar opposite I could not get enough information mm-hmm. I read I Ina Mae Gaskin I mean I was all about it I got a doula I was Did like you really? I yes I was like Dang. I am having an unmedicated birth mm-hmm. because an epidural, spinal block, all that doesn't work for me. I'm not even going to mess with it again because I had such a terrible time with it with Presley. I'm not yeah. doing it. Mm-hmm. So I got super educated, birth plan, all that. I even like wrote up a um, birth plan and I gave it to the doctors. And when I gave it to them, they were like, oh my gosh, this is so great. If we black out your name, can we like make copies and like pass them out as examples? Oh, awesome. And I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, go for it. I don't care. Um, but I, yeah, I was like really, 
bound and determined. And I wish I would have had someone to kind of guide me that way with Presley because I'm not, when I put my mind to something, like, that's it. Like, yeah. it's going to happen. Like, I cannot be swayed any other way. And I ended up having Gibson naturally, mm. which naturally it's like, it was so difficult though. And he was probably the worst one to have a natural birth with, but I did it. And my doula was worthless, but <laughs> Corey was, Corey was like, I really don't think she was worthless because she gave you that peace of mind. And I was like, eh, not really, but like, whatever. Like she didn't do anything for me. It was like, she deer and headlights like panicked and like didn't help me with anything what? which yeah which i probably also was not very um welcoming okay <laughs> but you're the fuck in away from me yeah <laughs> <laughs> that kind of so anyway i got as prepared as i possibly could and i remember waking up one night and i know this is graphic and gross but i went to the bathroom and i was mm. having really bad cramps and I lost my mucus plug. Like, okay. There was no doubt about it. I looked down and I was like, oh, shit. That's, <laughs> that's, that's part of my thing. That's okay. All right. So I woke, I woke Corey up and I was like, okay, um, I just lost my mucus plug and my contractions are getting pretty, pretty intense and pretty consistent. So I think we probably need to call the doula and all that. And so he called her and she came over and I labored at home. I think I woke up at like 2 o'clock in the morning or so and I labored at home until about six o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. and um we finally go to the hospital and I remember like hurry up because we had to go over like the speed bumps and stuff that they have through the Mm -hmm. neighborhoods at Travis and I was sitting on a trash bag in case my water broke but I was like (laughs) so hot and sweaty that it just felt like really disgusting and I just wanted to be out of the car because it felt like the bumps made my contractions worse oh yeah for sure and didn't you have them in like summer uh, yeah, July. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so we get to the hospital and they check me and they're like, oh, you're six centimeters. And I'm like, shit, yeah, this is awesome. So I give him my birth plan and he's trying to talk to me about it. And I'm like going through contractions and I'm like, hold on, like put my finger up, you know. And Oh, yeah. They, I told them I didn't want an IV. I didn't want any of that. So they gave me um, a heparin lock so that they could start an IV mm-hmm. if they needed to in an oh shit situation and they just kind of let me do my thing they didn't really yeah they just kind of left me alone and it was amazing and so they I labored for a long time and my water wasn't breaking so they came in and they broke my water but half of my water broke like I guess the way Gibson was laying on the sack or something there was still like a bubble in the way And they were waiting to see if it would pop on its own, and it wouldn't. So they had to come in and rupture it. And I just remember, like, he, at some point in time, became sunny side up. And I had had back labor for the first time. And remember, I had zero pain meds. And I remember, like, being on my knees, having my arms on the back of the bed, just, like, bawling my eyes out, telling Corey that it felt like a semi was parked on my back. Yeah. It was awful, and so he was, like, trying to massage my lower back, which felt amazing and was so helpful. That but counter-pressure like, can really, really Yes, help. yeah, it was so bad. And so they're like, he flipped. We're going to try and flip him and do all this and do all that, and it didn't work. And it finally comes time to push, 
and he's still sunny side up. So I'm pushing a sunny side kid up and they're trying to twist him and he's stuck and he's not coming and it's getting real bad and I'm getting really tired. And they look at me and they're like, we're going to have to do a vacuum assist on him. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to vacuum him out. And I like in my head thought like they're going to bring in a big Hoover and like suck it to his head (laughs) that they vacuum their floors with and they're going to yank him out. Like I was so scared. And I remember looking at Corey crying, being like, oh, my God, I'm so scared. And he was like, I am, too. It'll be okay. It'll be fine. So. They bring out the vacuum, and it's like a water gun with a little, like, condom-looking thing on the end of it. And they stick that to the head, and they pull the trigger on the gun, and it sucks the baby's head up into that thing so that they can pull. And that's literally all it is. I was really amazed at how tiny and practical it Mm -hmm. was because when you hear vacuum, you think awful things. Yeah. And so... They're pulling and I'm pushing and all this madness is going on. And then the next thing I know, I have like five people punching me in my stomach. Like, and they threw my knees up like behind my ears. Like I had no idea what was going on, but I knew that I was no longer in control of what was happening. Mm -hmm. And it was really scary. And I mean, it was all a whole, like, minute, but it was, like, so fast and so intense and so painful because, remember, I am having a natural birth, and now I have these people punching me, throwing my knees back, pulling my kid out while I'm pushing. Well, come to find out, Gibson had what they call um, shoulder dystocia, which is basically where his shoulder gets stuck underneath my pubic bone, and it's considered uh, a medical emergency because... With the shoulder being stuck and him pulling on Gibson's head, they could have easily, like, ripped his spinal cord, basically, in his Mm. neck or broken his clavicle or broken his shoulder or something along those lines. So they were doing – I can't – I don't remember what the method is called, but what they were doing is they were pushing on my stomach to try and get him to come out from behind my pubic bone while pushing my knees back. They were trying to give me every advantage I could to get him out. One of my friend's children had the same thing, and she said that they were, like, on top of – she just told me the other day. She was, like, they were, like, punching – same thing. They were, like, punching me to get him out. Yeah, yeah. People climbed on top of me. I was, like, folded up into a pretzel. It was really, really scary. And after everything happened, he told me, you know, this is what happened and this is why we were doing what we were doing. And come to find out, I did some research, of course, on this, too. Mm-hmm. And he told me, he's like, if you decide to have another baby, you need to let your doctor know because once you have shoulder dystocia, the chances of it happening again increase. Huh. And it says that shoulder dystocia only happens in 3% of labor and deliveries. And of that 3%, 1 in 10 women will have it happen again. That's pretty high. Yeah, that's pretty high. So Corey and I were like, "Uh, I think we're probably done having kids because remember, epidurals don't work on me. So if I had another baby and my doctor was afraid of shoulder dystocia happening again and they wanted to do um, a C-section on me, I would have to be completely put under. Yeah. And I'm not doing that. Yeah. Ever, you know, so it just for us, it was like, okay, um, no more babies. I don't, I, the risk is too great. And apparently there's no real reason why shoulder dystocia happens. Like they can't determine it, but size 
like the baby being too big for you and then positioning is kind of what leads to it. And Gibson was like almost eight pounds and I think he was probably too big. And because he was sunny side up, they were trying to turn him. And I think just as he was coming out and as he was turning, he just, his shoulder got locked into place. So I think I had, yeah, I think I had both things kind of going against me. I kind of had a bigger baby and his shoulder got stuck. I mean, I don't know. I'll never know. And I'm not ever going to go there again. So, yeah. you know, fortunately, he came out fine. He had some pretty gnarly bruises on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. But other than that, um, yeah, and that was that. It was like I did it natural. And I, of course, I delivered again naked. <laughs> I had no clothes on. <laughs> and I remember I was so elated and so proud of myself that like the endorphins and everything just kicked in and I was in the hospital like cheering myself on fist pumping in the air I was like I fucking did it (laughs) (laughs) it's true though dude it's so I felt so delicious yeah I was like I did that naturally I did that on my own you can't stop me like I was so high and then it's true dude I forgot to mention, I tore with both kids. So I tore with Presley, and then I tore with Gibson. And as they're stitching me up with Gibson, he numbed me locally, mm-hmm. but he didn't numb me enough. Yeah. And he started to throw a stitch in there, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I felt every bit of that stitch go through, and he's mm-hmm. like, I am so sorry. I only did um, second-degree tears on both of them, so not great, but also not horrible you know what yeah. I mean yeah uh, I could deal with a couple of tears and and then with Gibson I only had really one complication after I had him and it was with the stitches mm-hmm. um for whatever reason hormones get totally out of whack after having kids and all that and those hormones going out of whack with me like made things get dry down there and I know oh, I feel so like everyone so graphic oh gosh come on now if you're listening but to like, it and you got this far and she said that she crapped and called yeah oh <laughs> speaking of crapped I totally shit all over myself with Gibson so I mean how can I mention being so proud of the fact that I didn't crap on myself with Presley and then forgetting that oh. I shit all and Corey was sitting right there right <laughs> And he's like, I didn't see it, but I was like, I could smell it. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm trying to shit your shitting kid out. Like, and Gibson is so stubborn. And I've always said that, like, I knew he was stubborn from the moment he was born because he literally had to be pulled out of me. Like, it's so fitting for the little human that he is because it's just, yeah. And so, anyway... I went off on a to- like to- two totally different tangents. <laughs> I was dry because of my hormones and everything. And because I was drying out, the skin wasn't like moist enough to heal itself. And, and you're so, wearing like, that pad. So it's, yeah, it's all bad. It's irritating. Yeah. And so basically my skin was like trying to rip apart from the stitches. Oh, so fuck. they had they had to give me like Vagisil or whatever to keep it like wet enough to heal. So that was not very fun. Yeah. I was like, something's going on with my stitches. And they're like, oh yeah, you're right. Well, I, they're I not really get... connected. 
I got a mirror because I like was <gasps> so concerned. I know, I know, I did. I was so concerned about what was going on with the stitches because it was really bothering me. Like yeah. I wanted to put my head in a wall, and I looked at that thing and I was like, "Uh uh-uh. uh." If you could see right now, like my jaw <laughs> is just dropping, and like my eyeballs are huge because. If you it's could like, make a noise to let not, us all know how you felt, what does that sound like? The noise when you look at that. Silence. <laughs> Fear and silence because the worst of all. <laughs> it like it like wasn't swollen, like it still wasn't to my knees or anything, but uh, it was like it was purple, like no. bruised black purple. I was like I wish I would have not done that. So ladies, don't maybe Take a mirror and look at your vagina after yeah, you've don't. had a baby until it's healed because yeah, nature nature is not done working. So like, give it time. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't even. Yeah. I was terrified. I didn't look. I, I had to look. because I was so irritated. Yeah, totally different I, scenario. Yeah, I thought I thought it was ripping open, and it and it it's was. I mean, the stitches were like, still yeah. in place, but yeah, I mean, technically, it kind of was going that direction. So I was trying to make sure that I wasn't crazy before I made an appointment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then I was really lucky in the sense with both of my kids that I had no postpartum depression, no postpartum hair loss, no. You didn't lose your freaking hair. No, you. And I wish I would have because my hair is so. Thick. Okay. I didn't lose hair. First I didn't of all, you like anything. how fucking uppity for you to say, I wish I would have lost my hair. Girl, when you lose your hair, it is not in a cute way. Okay. Mine, I'm gonna tell you right now. I wish I could show you. When I pull my hair out now, Gabe is almost he's 17 months. Okay. My hair looks like like a who, but like all the way around my head, and then all the majority of my bald spot is in the front, like where I were if I were to have a horn. Like rhino oh status gosh. right there. Like you it's do not get bad? to decide. You don't get to decide where you- it's not like it thins out evenly. <laughs> well, in in my head it did. Oh. Okay. And I am so sorry that I said I wish I had it. I take it. First back. of all, everyone now just that's listening to this is just like with our founding father's ponytail, like, oh, I bet you fucking love this, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I call myself a mom goblin when I start to lose hair because it's true. <laughs> and all the hormones get weird and your skin gets screwed up again. And you, you, your whole body does dry out. Like you said, I remember my lips being so painfully yeah. dry that I was like, they were peeling for weeks. And it's that overall body dryness that's yeah. just so painful. The only thing that I can think of that like really affected me postpartum was the night sweats. Like I would get up in the middle of the night and have to change my clothes because I was soaked. Like I just got out of the shower in my clothes and, and the fan would be on me. So I was cold because I was so wet. And I'm like, what the shit is this? How long did that last? I would say a month or so. Nobody tells yeah. you about those things. See, and that's why we're trying to be real with you guys because there's yeah. a bunch of shit that you don't know about. And if you're going in blind like Lacey, then you think you're <laughs> going to have this like beautiful moment that. and you're, it's no good. And no. I, I mean, I went in pretty educated, but everything like DGMC is the hospital that, that uh, we both had our Lacey had both of her children at, and I had one of mine. They made me go to birthing class. Like, I was ready to go. I had all of that. And it still went, everything went tits up. And then by the time that I was gone, 
from the hospital and at home, everything was the only postpartum like advice that I was given was if you feel off, tell someone. Nobody tells you yeah. you're going to feel off and that is normal. If you have yeah. X, Y, or Z, these are really bad things because I did have horrible complications and I was just thinking, and everyone kept treating me like it was just, I was just having a hard time and it so yeah. fucking wasn't that. So it's a really important thing to say things like you're going to have, you can have night sweats. You can yeah. lose your hair. Cause I didn't know I was going to lose my hair. And when I lost it like that, that was such a adding insult to injury. And then you think you're going to be bald forever. And you're yeah. just like, it's so, it's so, so hard. So I really appreciate you saying all of these things in truth because it's, I think it's the best way to like share that camaraderie with each other yeah. because it's like our war stories. It is. It is. We went into there and you come out and so many people think that it's fine or you don't have to talk about it or whatever, but people die in childbirth every single day. And when you go uh, in there, it's so real. And the most, it's sorry, those, hor- no, you're fine. Those hormones that you have when you're shaking. I always told Nick that it was like, um, I am woman, hear me roar and watch me lift this SUV because you're just like, you hit that animal brain and I've Mm -hmm. never been more connected to anything. Yeah. Yeah, It was so good. And like, yeah, I fully, it's, it's, it's really, really, really special when I hear these stories with people that I can connect to because it's like, we've all, you did all of that for someone, a stranger. Yeah. That's how much you love your kids is you did that yeah. for a stranger. And that's just like the best. Yeah, uh. it is. And as far and you know, in talking about the postpartum stuff, like I, I never had like the super postpartum depression, uh-huh. but I did feel off and I f- think it's normal for every mother to have that especially a first-time mother yeah because it's so like you come home and you're like uh like everything is just your entire world has shifted and you're trying to figure out your rhythm and even with your husband you know there will be difficulties in that because you have to spend so much time on the baby that your husband feels neglected and you have to figure out that dynamic too i wish somebody would have told me how difficult my dynamic would be with my husband after having my kids because or at least with presley because i was so consumed with making sure she was okay that i often neglected corey and we didn't know how to communicate that and i didn't you know and so you also have to take into consideration your partner, too, because it's very easy to lose sight of them when you go through what you go through and you bring a life into this world and it just consumes you. I think that it's it's really hard to explain. Yeah. And it's kind of like what we talked about in the deployment episode when we were like, you have that light bulb moment where you realize like, oh, yeah, they're going through something, too. Yeah, And it's like, we have to wait for them to have that moment with us too. It's because it's like, yes, we both, this is our child, but you did not rip your body in half for this baby, nor did you do it after you had been pregnant for eons. And it is a very weird thing 
to have this baby all to yourself and it's just you and this baby for almost a full year and then all of a sudden you have to share choices about this baby with somebody else that didn't just walk through that fire and so it's it's a hard thing especially because it changes everything about you in terms of like I'm pretty much I'm a very similar person that I was before I had kids and I'm sure that you can say you know I connect to that person as well you know all of all of us remember that we were a person before we had kids and that person's important too however your brain chemistry gets all rewired After you have that baby and your bonding and your hormones that are happening when you're nursing are very different. And so it's you're you're struggling with that, too. You know, you're struggling with how to sort that and rearrange that. And and you're trying to determine what you should give, like with all the information that's flooding into your brain at one singular point, what you should give attention to. And yeah. a lot of it is survival. So to yeah. co- find that grace to come out of survival mode and into life mode, that's a that's a raw ass time. It's hard. It's really yeah. hard. Yeah. Yeah. I so I think that that's a really good thing that you brought up because it's 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 ugly. All of it is is just hard. It's hard, yeah. but it's so but good. worth it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Like. Oh, man. It's just, like you said, it was the thing you're, like, how proud you were of yourself. Like, yeah. Oh, my God, Lacey. Those are so good. And your kids are so awesome. I know. And, like, it was really, like, it reaffirmed, like, how badass I felt because, like, the nurses would come in to check on me and they would be like, hey, we heard you're the one that just had a baby all natural. I was like, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's me. Like people were talking about me within the the unit, and so I was like, "Yes, I am woman pound on chest." It's so, it's this very very awesome thing. Yeah, very very primal, very amazing, very indescribable. Really, you truly yeah. can't even know until you go through it. It's and really even when you go through affirming. it. Yeah, and even when you go through it, like every experience is different. Like, oh yeah, both of both of my kids were different. Your stories are different. Like, there's no one same story. So, it's yeah. fun and it's enlightening to share those experiences. And I think that it's really cool when you do share them with other women that have been through it because it's this weird, like. Uh, it's like you're all standing together and you have this like like weird mom tribe hug where you're like, you've yeah. seen it too. You, yeah. you went there too. Like that it really is our war stories. Like you went in yeah. too. You know what it is because it's just something you can't really share with anybody else that doesn't get it. And I think that we should be able as women in society and mothers that really put the effort into like – there are women who get pregnant and then you have their baby, you have your baby and they don't, they live their life separately from their kids. And that's, that's fully fine. I have no judgment on these women whatsoever, but the women that get pregnant and you nurture the pregnancy and then you come into the pregnancy or and the labor with all of the intention in the world to, 
to do this thing, you know, however it happens in your birth plan, but to really like own this moment as you become a mother, those are my people. Those are the people that I feel on my heart. So I think that's, it's just like this really awesome connection. And I think that it's, I think that it's something that we should get to be proud of because I hate when society or people shit on moms. They're like, oh, you just became a mom. What's the big deal? No, 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 no. I, this is my life's work and this is so hard and you have no idea what the hell you're talking about. And I don't understand why you have to take something from my experience that is so, you know, like, I don't even know the word, like special to cheapen the word. And make it something else. You know, I didn't just have a baby. I became somebody else. Yeah. And I, I don't really care for the way that society talks about childbirth, like in the sense that like, oh, it's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. You know what I mean? Like we need to take pain away from that thought process because yes it does hurt but it isn't pain without cause like your body is responding and doing exactly what it's supposed to do so that you can birth this baby like yeah your pain isn't it's work yeah it's work it's not you know what I mean it's labor (laughs) yeah it's labor I just wish we could reframe society's thinking in that and like force feeding epidurals and pain meds and C-sections and all that. I mean, I know that they're there for Mm -hmm. a reason and they're there to be utilized and sometimes you need them and all that. But I just wish that um, we could ease up on the medical interventions. But that's my like hippie side. Oh, I fully agree with you. I don't know that why we tell women. So here's my like, this has never made sense to me. Why do we tell women nothing about labor? Right. Like we're not giving anybody any real coping skills. We're kind of just telling you what's going to happen in a very abstract way. Right. And then you get thrown into the pit with the lion and we're just like, hey, remember that time we told you that you might want to use a sword to fight it? Maybe consider it now. No, 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 no. Give us options tools and instead of saying when it hurts like quit making me afraid of the pain give me that empowerment that explains it because I was okay with the pain because the pain was productive this is getting me where I need to go the worse it gets the better it's going to get so let's get it going because it's serving a purpose purposeless pain is is different but this is for this is how it's supposed to work and I guess kind of like this whole majestic process and it really is it's like the closest you're going to get for me it's like the closest you get to the divine this is what you and I've said this to somebody and this person and it was so odd because it was my pelvic floor physical therapist after Nico and I was like (laughs) it was just so amazing to feel what the human female body was meant to do and she's like well that's not really you know, women have other purpose in society. I was like, that's literally not what I said. Back off your soapbox. Yeah, don't twist my words. I am not saying you have to be, I'm not saying like you're nothing if you're not a quote unquote breeder. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that you go through your whole life as women not really understanding your reproductive health. We're not really given a whole bunch of information. It's like sometimes you're going to bleed. Here's a tampon, a pad, whatever. Like no one really walks us through it our health in general the way that I think I personally think we should 
But then yeah. when you have a baby, it's all shrouded in mystery. And then they're like, it's going to hurt. Run away. Like, yes. And there are things called lightning crotch. And right before you have the baby, the ring of fire. And it's gnarly. Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. gnarly. Yeah, it is. But guess what? You can do it. You were yeah. built for this badassery. And the yeah. more and more we tell our people that, I think the better it would be. If we yeah. were, imagine having a baby in a room full of women that were like so self-affirming and yeah. gentle and also like, you know, stood behind you when you wanted to back up and just held you up mm-hmm. rather than people being like, I don't know, I don't know. When you're in Lay your back worst, down in the bed. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Don't even get me started on the bed yeah. shit. But it was, yeah. I think that that's awesome. And I, I'm so happy that you had that experience at David Grant where they just let you run your labor because yeah. that's. That is so not my experience at David Grant. It's, and so I'm so, so happy that it happened for you. Yeah, it's so and I had both of my kids at David Grant. So like it's so opposite of what Presley was because yeah. they like they're like, you are in labor. You got to go. Pitocin. Like I really didn't have a whole lot of say and I yeah. did not enjoy that feeling. But when you're in the middle of having a baby and once you get to a certain point, you literally go primal and you check out Mm -hmm. and you're not really there anymore. And so I wasn't able to really fight for myself. I just had to go through the motions of getting this baby out. So I knew I was not going to have that same path with Gibson. And fortunately, I didn't, which is kind of funny because... It was the same hospital, but people move and PCS yeah. and all that stuff. So I had a different group of uh, providers. So it was a totally different ball game. Thank goodness. That's amazing. I'm so happy for that. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Oh, thank you for sharing yep, yep. these stories right. with me. Yes, it was so no good. Problem. Okay, should we go to the pit now? Let's talk Let's. about music. Yeah. Okay. Let's. So I will just be talking about my music choices since it was my birth stories and stuff we went over this time and Mm -hmm. for me the one song that really really truly sticks out is the song called your song by elton john oh (laughs) yeah i would just like well up tears in my eyes rubbing my belly like singing this to presley when she was in my belly and the word the words that like really get to me are i hope you don't mind i hope you don't mind that i put down in words how wonderful life is when you're in the world and it's just like oh my feels and i did it with gibson too like that song is just like that's that's it for me like you have made my world so much better and then I thought, okay, I need more songs, but I couldn't really recall any other songs that just touched me like that song did. So I thought, how cool would it be if I look up the p- number one song of when the kids were born? Oh, how clever. So I looked up the top song that was playing when Presley was born, which was September 30th, 2010. And that song was Teenage Dream by Katy Perry. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And then I looked up Gibson's and he was born July 28th, 2013. And his song is Blurred Lines by (laughs) Robin Thicke and T.I. and Pharrell. Yeah. So I'm thinking about him dancing to that song with his hair right now. (laughs) He's a mess. He's a mess. 
And then I was like, well, since I'm on this, I want to look up what song was popular when I was born. Because I was born in the 80s. I'm an 80s baby. Yeah. And Lionel Richie, Say You, Say Me, was the number one song when I was born. Oh, God. Which was December 28th, 1985. I know. I was really hoping for, like, some GNR or some Poison or something oh, just really Oh, that would have been really good. If poison. No, <laughs> White was Lionel. Yeah, White Snake. Oh my gosh, Warrant. Ugh. Yeah, no, it was Lionel Richie. It was Lionel so Richie. That, <laughs> those are my songs. Those are my picks for the pit this week. Oh, they're all good, and I think it's a really <clears throat> clever idea that you went back to see um, what songs were in that time because it definitely does put me into a specific frame of mind when I Ooh. think about that. Like I remember yeah. what we were doing at that you know phase of our lives. Yeah. Oh, man, so long ago. You're such an OG mom. You're way past the survival, and you're into the, the molding of the people. No, we're still, we're still in the survival. <laughs> <laughs> that, that never goes away. <laughs> okay, it's evolving, sorry. at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is evolving, <laughs> but it never goes away. Sorry to put that evil on you. <laughs> oh, no, but at least they're not on the boob anymore. Right. Oh, my gosh. Thank God for that. It's a hard thing to do, living your life in three-hour, like, blocks of time. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, thank you for sharing that with me. It was so special. Yeah, I'm... Go Go ahead. ahead. (laughs) No, you go ahead. I was just saying, I'm I'm really looking forward to discussing your birth stories because I've I've never heard them. So I can't wait to do this with you. I... Fun fact, everyone, I have, if you know about my birth story, you didn't hear it from me. <laughs> you heard it from um, my husband or my mom because it is an incredibly, personal and difficult experience. So um, I really... This is going to be a big deal for me to share. So I really appreciate you going first and opening yes. it up because I, it's ugly. Bring your tissues. You can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Bring your tissues. I'll everyone. be here with you. I'm oh, here with you the man. whole time. You can do it. I'm, yeah. Well, I'm supporting you. Go ahead, everybody, and contribute on our Instagram. If you have had a baby, if you are having a baby soon, um, let us know what you kind of went through if you have any questions about specific things that um you're kind of curious about if you are having a baby at DGMC and um you're kind of curious how things went we can tell you but I mean it's pretty procedural and I did have a baby in 2016 and they seem to have a lot more handle on like the birthing class and things like that so mm-hmm. just reach out to us because I really and I really like to hear these things, but also tell me what, what your baby's name is and why you named your baby. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> because I really that, or, love those things. Yeah, or any songs that like really like ring true to you and that connection that you've made with your baby or, or you know, just anything that kind of takes you back to that time that you were pregnant. We love talking about music too, so Absolutely. Yeah. Give it up. Give us all the things. Or if you have any tunes that you're just loving right now, because that's another thing that I wanted to do like two weeks ago. And then I just never got around to it on the Instagram. Um, If you are, I say the Instagram 
when I mean the Instagram account, but I say it like the internet. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> or the don't Google. Don't change it. The Google. I love it. The Instagram. I was going to go on the Instagram and um, ask everybody what you've been going through. Like what jams are getting you through your day? Because I've been floating two separate tunes, maybe even three, and they're really getting me through. So go ahead and hop on over there and tell us what your jam is because all of us need those songs to get us through the day. Yeah. Rock and roll with it podcast, by the way, is uh, our Instagram. Absolutely. We keep talking about the Instagram, but we should probably tell them what the Instagram is. So rock and roll with it podcast, guys. Absolutely. That's where you go. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think we're done here. Thank okay. you for all of all of the things for you're welcome carrying this entire episode and being super vulnerable and also incredibly endearing because that was that was really funny and also very good (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah stories that end up with me naked and crapping on myself are bound to be entertaining right (laughs) friggin clutch (laughs) oh god all right guys well until next time do your best try your hardest and rock and roll with it